But I do remember feeling because I didn't have a mentor or a coach or anyone in my life at that time to help me. I do remember feeling a lot of stress and overwhelm, uh, trying to figure out all the pieces of starting your business, you know, not only from the setup side, but like learning marketing and learning sales and quoting and how to value yourself and your services and, you know, stuff like that. So that was a very hard to do alone for sure. Yeah. You do make a good point, like of making the suggestion of like, well, I should say even making the investment in yourself, because as women, we typically put everyone before we, before ourselves, right. We'll invest in our children. We'll invest in our house, but we don't invest sometimes in our health or our self-care or things like that. And mm-hmm. especially right. When you're thinking about anywhere from like a couple thousand dollars, if not more to invest in a business that may or may not work. I have found in my experience this past year of making investments in myself have actually been the greatest driving factor into my business being successful, right? Because I learned the things that I needed to write those foundational pieces so that you can essentially like become lucky, right? So me getting media coverage, yes, it's lucky, but also it's when I, you know, opportunity meets like excellence, if you will, right? Welcome back. I have Gabby Ianello, and she is a podcasting and marketing expert, content creator, and the founder of Corporate Quitter. She helps ambitious nine to fivers start value based, purpose driven online businesses, giving them the opportunity to finally create a pathway to ditch their soul sucking jobs for good. Since the launch of Corporate Quitter in May of 2021, she's grown her following to over 30,000 and is recognized as a rising global leader, having been featured in 30 plus media publications, including the New York Times, Good Morning America, CNBC, CBS, Reuters, and the New York Post. Awesome. That is so amazing. Thank you so much for being here with me, Gabby. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for the opportunity. As we had talked about before, I always love chatting with other women and just inspiring them to kind of take the leap because it is so empowering and uplifting to like bet on yourself. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I am super excited to hear about your journey. So tell me, why did you end up leaving a nine to five corporate job to start your business? What were some of your reasons? Yeah. So a lot of it was you know, it's a burning, it's a burning issue that comes up, but a lot of it was just pinpointing to, I didn't have enough time with family. I didn't have enough time for my own self-care and just normal routines of like practicing like actual mental health and like exercising, right? These normal things. Um, But one of the things I was also finding other than the fact that I was finding a lot of glass ceilings in the way of my creativity and responsibilities and challenges and even pay. But the biggest thing that I was seeing that was overshadowing all these women who were above me, right? When you're thinking about going up the corporate ladder, you look to the people above you to say, okay, is that where I want to go? And a lot of them, these women were burnt out. They were exhausted. There were mothers and they really couldn't even be a mom because they were working all the time. So it's like they'd hand their child off to a nanny while they go work and then they come home and they like maybe get a couple minutes before they put their kid to bed. And then they get like the weekends, which is mostly laundry errands. You know how it is carting them around to activities. So like, I almost had this moment of like, not only was I not being challenged or compensated correctly in my role, and there were a lot of like politics in in there that I wasn't appreciative of, but also this dawning moment or this, this breaking point of a moment that I see these women who I was aspiring and looking up to struggling in the day to day and not actually getting to live a full life, 
with their families was like, if I don't change now, well, I'm, you know, I'm almost 30 and I'm not yet to the place of having kids, but I want kids within the next five years, I'm going to be in the same place. And that was terrifying for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a very unique perspective. Actually. I don't think a lot of women in that situation even realize that they're working so hard, but looking to the next level of, of their corporate job, what that brings. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people mention that, but that is great to really think about because you're right. Most of those high-level executive people are working 60, 70 hours a week, frustrated, still feeling Mm -hmm. stuck themselves, trying to get to a better situation for their family. So, wow. Yeah. How like disempowering it would feel to look up to that and then, you know, not be the path that you want to have. So yeah. Interesting. So then what did you do once you, once you had that realization, what made you, um, take action on making some change? Yeah, I, it ended up coming in full circle as a foot injury, but the buildup of that was just a lot of bad situations and coping mechanisms that I don't think I've ever done before. So like I was drinking more than I ever have before, right. Actually having like a beer after work, which I never used to do. Um, my like, you know, stress levels were through the roof where I was crying before work, crying after work, like Mm. all these things, these red flags were coming up and I wasn't really paying attention to them until the foot injury happened. And I recognized, okay, if I'd rather have a foot injury and have to go to the doctor and get like a boot and like get orthotics, right. Do this whole process than sit next to my manager. That's a huge problem. Like my day-to-day, if I'm that stressed out that I'd rather be sick than be at a job, like time Mm. to leave. And so that's when I started to realize if I stay here, I'm probably going to whittle away and die. Cause right. This is the starting point of like an underlying disease or problem that's occurring, right. Cause emotions fester those, those internal issues kind of, and they bloom full force. Um, so I started to just unravel my life. So that started with giving up my apartment. Luckily my lease was up within two months of me deciding to quit. So I left that behind. I sold off my belongings. I moved back home. I got a different support system, um, you know, of a new community of friends. So I just took my old life and bit by bit was chipping it away so that I can create a new foundation from a very, very like, like basically basic slate, Mm -hmm. flat slate, nothing there to then recreate a new version of myself, which here I am a year later, it's, it's happened. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's really great to leverage, you know, different people in your life, a different support system and surround yourself with people that are going to be helpful and encouraging for you to get to the next stage of your life. Yeah. And I also love what you said about, about drinking. It's funny because I think a lot of people do that. They, they go home, they feel so unfulfilled in their Mm -hmm. day-to-day work and they don't know what else to do besides drink. And it's funny because the more that my business grows and the more that I am around higher level people, um, like for instance, there's a lot of people that I network with. Some of my coaches Mm -hmm. are almost billionaires. And most of those people, they don't drink at all. So it's like yeah. the people that are like typically unhappy and doing things like that. And it, it is a red flag that you do have to pay attention to. So that's really interesting. So then, um, in the last year, tell me about how your life has changed since you decided to start a business and do this. Yeah. So it's funny because years prior, I'd always wanted to side hustle and I'd like try for a week, you know, doing something and then, you know, nothing really mm-hmm. kind of came of it. And partly right was because I was in this really comfortable position of having a six figure job and, you know, having all these things taken care of. I didn't have that fire under my butt, if you will. And Mm -hmm. so my quitting forced me to say, okay, I don't have a choice, right? I've made this decision to create a new life. So I'm going to do everything in my power, whether it's spending the money to hire a coach or to 
purchase a program. I mean, I spent $5,000 on a program and a mastermind to be connected with like-minded people. Like that was worth it to me. Um, you know, getting on social media, learning all the things that I needed to learn to actually start a business. And so since I actually started it, I quit my job in February. It took a couple months of purging. I like to say when you leave corporate, you need some time to yourself to not only leave behind the shell of a human that you were to become the new version of yourself, but there's a period of mourning as well that goes through with that. So I gave myself some time and then hit the ground running around April. So two months or so. And since then, it's just been an upward trajectory of just trying new things, like pivoting on a dime, incorporating new things, taking on, you know, feedback clients. I mean, it's, it's crazy how so much can change in a short amount of time when you really bet on yourself because corporate puts you in this like limited box in this limited timeline and you know, you're capable of doing great things, but they don't allow you to. So once you have the freedom to do that, you're like, Oh my, I, wow, I can do all this. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I really love the personal development that people go through when they mm. switch gears like this, because mm. you're allowed to grow and like yeah. become this new person. So can you give some examples of some of the personal development that you feel like you've had? So much. I found, I feel like the personal development I had this past year, not even this full year yet, but just from starting my business in May, it's been almost like 10 years in the makings jammed into one year. That's how much growth had happened. But a lot of it, surprisingly enough, was around very foundational pieces of like what makes someone successful. So like my self-worth, like about money, even charging things, um, imposter syndrome, like getting over a lot of those things that I didn't realize was all the way back from childhood. Like I had to do a lot of sessions that actually went back and figured out, okay, what's the key reason that this lesson keeps coming up in my life or why I can't make more money than I've always been making or whatever it was. And because I forced myself into this entrepreneurial box of kind of like, pushing edges, if you will, at every step of the way, it's encouraged mm -hmm. and helped me really get to like my next level, basically, right? That person you're envisioning for yourself, your future self, actually being able to step into that, that version. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of have this saying too, that we follow is like, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you've had experience with and resonate with? Yeah. And this year has been probably the most terrifying year of my life. Like I've big on, I'm not afraid to take risks. It's something I've always loved to do. I just love challenges. And what I found too, is when you, what you put out, you receive back tenfold and that's in everything from energy to money to it, which I'm sure you, you and everyone in your community, you know, get that. But the, you know, some of the really just crazy things that I've found too, is that, you know, me leaning into who I'm supposed to be authentically Everything mm -hmm. falls into place exactly as it should. And, you know, even with the crazy things of like taking out, like, you know, getting into debt again, which is the bad thing, like yeah. you know, doing all these things, even putting myself full blast on social media, which a lot of people are like, girl, like, what are you doing? That's it's like, hold, hold your tongue a bit. Don't spill too much. But it's those authentic things, those things that people tell you not to do, right? That society tells you you shouldn't do or the actual things that propel you forward to this next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So many things that I feel like when you jump into this, that you almost have to unlearn or relearn, like you said yeah. about, about yourself, trusting yourself and out there getting out there and doing things. But the debt one is huge. Uh, so many yeah. people, you know, think I got to be debt free. I got to pay off my mortgage and all this stuff, but it's really how you leverage it and what you're mm -hmm. using debt for. And so not all debt is bad. Yeah. And I found there's a statistic where it's 80% of Americans have debt. So if you think about it, we're all in debt, whether it's student loans, we have mortgages, um, you know, medical bills, like it's actually normal. We've just demonized it. 
And to your point too, when you look at these people, these billionaires, these millionaires who are mo making moves and like getting real estate properties, right? These portfolios are, you know, doing great things in the stock market. Almost every single one of them tell you, and they tell you in your books, but we just don't like really take it into consideration is that rich people or people who are wealthy do not actually use their own money to build the things that they want to build. They use other people's money. And then when they make more of what they've made, they just regurgitate that or put that back into the existing system. So they never actually take anything out of their pocket, which is something that I'm learning as I'm going through this. Mm -hmm. But yes, it is rewiring because in my head, when I did pay off my debt right before I quit my job, I thought I made it, but here I am still feeling unfulfilled. Yeah. I realized they're actually not part of, it's not part of the process. It's a nice feeling to not have debt, but it's nowhere near in comparison to like, building a brand or having autonomy in my schedule to like, I'm in Florida right now and I'm popping around to different States because mm -hmm. I can, because I make a schedule that's based on what I want. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So how did you break past the imposter syndrome feelings? It just goes through with action. Like I think there's a reversal where people think that the imposter, like you get over the imposter syndrome first and then you do the thing, but it's, you have to do the thing. And then the imposter syndrome goes away. But even it's funny because I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about this. And regardless of how good you are at your craft, like you look at celebrities who are really great at their craft, right? They're great at coming on to that television set, that set or that movie and like personifying that character and right, doing all those things. They're still nervous even going into that after years of experience. Speakers are nervous. Authors are nervous. Like it's never that you get over that nervousness yeah. or that imposter syndrome. It's just you've realized over time that that's just a very small part of your brain trying to protect you. And it's not actual facts. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Learn that so much help our new students with that all the time. Imposter syndrome and stress really are both just a different word for fear. Yeah. Yep. And you just feel it and you just do it anyway. And then the action resolves all of that because then you see the results from your action and then that gives you confidence and then it goes away. So, yeah. 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 Yep. So tell me a little bit about how you've structured your schedule now that you have the ability to have a flexible schedule or live anywhere you want. What is important to you and how have you structured your day and your schedule? Yeah. It's funny. Cause even with that whole thing, I'm still rewiring my brain around that of like, I don't actually have to work within the nine to five structure. Mm -hmm. I can work in accordance to what my body and my circadian rhythm and even my like cycle you know, my, my 28 day cycle, how I function from week to week to day to day. And so some days that looks like waking up at 5am because I'm full of energy, no alarm clock, and I'm just like ready to go. And I hit the ground running until 12pm. Great. And then the rest of the day, I'm like hanging out napping, you know, kind of on, on my phone, whatever it is. And then maybe I get a second wind of energy at like 7pm or, or something. And some days, yes, it is within the nine to five constraints. But I like the fact that I can go about things in accordance to what's going on with my family, what's going on in my personal life, what's going on with my body, right? How am I feeling today? Am I sluggish? Am I excited? Am I exhausted? Am I energized, right? Because we as women, not only are we changing every single day, especially as mothers, right? Because so many people are leaning on you, but biologically our body goes through changes every 24 hours in addition to every 28 days. So um, it's been wonderful to be able to make like mix and match, if you will, my schedule, but I'm still working on it. Cause there are some days where I like, I'm not productive. And then I'm like, girl, like you missed the 24 hours. Like, what have you been doing? But that's just you know, <laughs> figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so nice to be able to have that freedom and flexibility to 
you know, work whenever you want to. And I think honestly, the whole, the whole thing with the cycle is really important because then, you know, there's some times where you just really need some extra rest and pushing yourself to work like the nine to five, when maybe, you know, that week you need to work nine to three or nine to one, um, or whatever it is that you want to work, you know, you you need to have the flexibility to do that. And I I really appreciate that flexibility. So It's been a game changer for me to be able to like honor my body and not feel guilty about yeah. that because the, you know how it is the the system is set up to, it's like, you know, made for men essentially, right? Their bodies, their hormones only change in a 24 hour period. So it's like they're on repeat. That's why they love cycles and they have their routines every single day doing the same thing. Whereas women, we like diversity and we like things to be different. And so working for yourself, not only gives you that ability to do different things, but you can, you know, just everything can be completely in accordance to what you need and what you want, which is like so great, especially as moms too. Cause you know how your kids are. They're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to do this and then they have this thing and then they have this play date and then it's, you know, it's all over the place. So it's, yep. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm, I have a lot of students that, uh, are, come to me and they're, they're nervous if they have high level jobs, like you did like a six figure or more, um, job. So yep. what do you think about telling people, giving people advice on quitting a higher paying job like that to start a business. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. So my, I guess I wish I knew this going into it, but for most people, you know, there's a lot of people online who say, okay, you're going to make six figures in two months, right? You're going to, you're going to replace that income immediately. And I think there are wonderful programs out there, but the reality is that most likely, especially if there's a learning curve, right? You don't know business, you don't know marketing, it's going to take significant time. So you need Mm -hmm. to make sure that you like, you know, rein it back maybe from a spending perspective or just think objectively on like how I can actually approach these things. But that doesn't mean that I don't want you to be like realistic because what I found too is that being realistic sometimes actually puts you in a box when you need to stretch outside of it. Mm -hmm. But going back to what you said about, you know, going from that high earner type of lifestyle and that just perspective on things to now being someone who's a little bit more fluid and figuring it out and starting from zero you know, there is an adjustment period, but at the same time, you're going to find that your, your valuing time and flexibility actually supersedes your need to make more money. And mm. you'll come up with more creative solutions because like we had discussed before, corporate does a very terrible job of giving you that flexibility to be creative in the way of like, not only just like graphic design or just like pretty things, but creative in the way of finding solutions to problems or making processes better, right? We, they all go by a certain type of, you know, guidebook or handbook, if you will, on how to do things. And so once you leave that environment, you come up with more creative solutions to make the money, to get the clients, to to do the branding, to figure out all of the things that you need to figure out. And so you can actually get to back, like being back to that high figure, you know, salary a lot sooner than you think, so long as you're in that mindset of like, I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. So it is really mental, a lot of it, honestly, it really is, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. It really is. I've noticed that too. Like when I launched my program a few years ago, almost three years ago now, I thought, you know, I would just teach people to do bookkeeping. They'd start their business and there we go. But we realized really quickly that the mindset piece is so important. It's like the most important thing. And as long as we can um, help our students shift their mindset to that, they can believe in themselves and believe that any of this is possible then, then it's really a cakewalk from there, honestly. Um, and for the high income earners, I do agree with you too. Like it takes about 12 months for us to help our students get to the point where they are consistently making eight to $10,000 a month. And then that's consistent revenue, you know, for 
the rest of their time as an entrepreneur, and then they can keep building on that. But usually takes about 10 to 12 months for them to get to that point if they're totally brand new um, to being a business owner and to doing bookkeeping. So I, I love your advice there on that. And sometimes people can start it as a side gig alongside their corporate job, although that makes for like, you know, rather stressful starting period because you're juggling both, but um, it can be a safer, financially safer way to do the transition. But I also loved your suggestion too about, you know, maybe you don't need that much money starting out. Maybe you can cut back on some things and realize that having more time is better than maybe having more stuff. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. I found too, with leaving corporate, I am as, as a consumer act very, very differently. So I'm not purchasing nearly as much, right? You have your basic expenses, rent, and I have to pay for my car insurance, but actually consuming things, right? The level in which I was purchasing food for lunches, the clothes, like all these mm -hmm. unnecessary, like things that are part of the corporate world, like going to the office and looking nice and eating and all of that is removed. So you actually end up saving money in a lot of ways, or just transferring that money to maybe like, you know, investing in like Kajabi or investing in some sort of, you know, uh, Calendly or some sort of program that you need or subscription to build your business. So it's just a transition of power, if you will. But um, yeah, your consumer behavior is going to change completely as well. Yeah. Yeah. I find that interesting too. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I feel like for us, one of the things that pretty much completely went away is the uh, gas expense and our vehicles <laughs> working from home. We just never had to go anywhere anymore. Whereas on the flip side, my husband was stuck in traffic for one to two hours every single day commuting and things like that. So uh, our gas and our vehicles went way down to like nothing. Well, also like he regained his sanity of not having to sit in like traffic because who likes, I mean, mm -hmm. it's cute in the beginning because you're like, great, I'll listen to a podcast or like have yeah. phone calls with friends. And after like four weeks of that, you're like, this is, this is terrible. I'm wasting so much time. Yeah, for sure. And like, as you mentioned earlier, he was getting home at six or seven o'clock at night and only getting to see our newborn for like an hour before she would go to bed. So pretty much didn't even get to see her throughout the week. So yeah, super life-changing for him to be able to come home and, and be available and be a dad, be able to be a dad as well. So um, do you have any other advice or tips that you want to share with the moms that are listening or the other women that are listening on, um, you know, like taking this uh, leap of faith and starting a, a business? So I have kind of briefly mentioned it before, but I really want to reiterate because I really don't think people they are like, oh, it's not going to happen to me, but you need a serious amount of time to purge the old version of yourself. Like I've heard of people who get sick immediately after they quit for like weeks. I've gotten, you know, heard from people who go, they, they go through this whole like internal, like distraught, you know how it is in those, those seasons of life where you just feel like a hermit and you're like really upset and emotionally triggered and just like everything's going kind of to the, to, you know, sideways that uh -huh. will probably happen immediately after you quit. And that's because it's, like basically you're being tested, right? Is this really what you want? Is this, are you really willing to stick it out? And so, you know, you will continually hit hurdles like that where you're being tested and you have to basically send a signal to, you know, the universe or to yourself or the people around you say, Hey, I'm really serious. I'm going to stick with this. But those first initial months, you are going to be in such, <laughs> such agony. And that's completely, completely normal. It's totally part of the process. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember being a little overwhelmed when I quit, but for me, I jumped right from my corporate job into starting my business. So I don't feel like I ever had that 
experience because I didn't give myself that downtime. But I do remember feeling because I didn't have a mentor or a coach or anyone in my life at that time to help me. I do remember feeling a lot of stress and overwhelm, uh, trying to figure out all the pieces of starting your business, you know, not only from the setup side, but like learning marketing and learning sales and quoting and how to value yourself and your services and, you know, stuff like that. So that was a very hard to do alone for sure. Yeah. You do make a good point, like of making the suggestion of like, well, I should say even making the investment in yourself, because as women, we typically put everyone before we, before ourselves, right? We'll invest in our children, we'll invest in our house, but we don't invest sometimes in our health or our self-care or things like that. And mm-hmm. especially right when you're thinking about anywhere from like a couple thousand dollars, if not more to invest in a business that may or may not work. I have found in my experience this past year of making investments in myself have actually been the greatest driving factor into my business being successful, right? Because I learned the things that I needed to write those foundational pieces so that you can essentially like become lucky, right? So me getting media coverage, yes, it's lucky, but also it's when I, you know, opportunity meets like excellence, if you will, right? The opportunity came and I had that foundation of learning what I needed to in business and how to be good in front of the camera and stuff like that from consulting with experts and paying for courses and materials and investing in public speaking and things like that. So when the opportunity came, I was perfectly ready and prepared for it. So if you're not prepared and those opportunities come, you're going to completely miss them. And so that golden opportunity, that golden moment for you to shine will never actually happen. So the more or the better you prepare, um, invest in yourself, right? The more that you will kind of reap those rewards anywhere from a month to six months down the line. It's usually six months. I like to say take six months from you planting the, the seed to actually getting the fruit, but it's crazy. The, the, the quickness that can happen once you like actually invest in yourself monetarily and energetically. Yeah. Yeah. We call it in our program, we call it the snowball effect. <laughs> so once you like start investing, start taking action, then it starts to pick up and then it starts to roll down the hill and the snowball gets really huge of all, all of your success. And it just kind of all happens at once, which I really love. But, um, I also loved what you said about how, you know, women tend to put everyone else first and not, in, you know, put themselves first, but One thing that I have noticed just recently as putting myself first, and a lot of people say this, and it's usually like, doesn't sink into moms, especially, but I have investing in myself and learning so much about my mindset and changing my perspective on life has trickled down to my kids. And I have two of them that are teenagers. And so I can actually see physically see the effect that investing in myself has had on my children. And that is really exciting. And I think a lot of moms can probably resonate with that because you have another reason to invest in yourself outside of just you. It's, it's really going to change your kids' lives too. Yeah. Well, they see that it's like by osmosis, right? They kind of pick up on that energy just to begin with, but also you're showing them by example, other than words mm-hmm. of that, what you're capable of doing and that you yourself are putting yourself at a higher, if you will, pedestal or higher point of value. Because also the other thing too, is whether you know it or not, every single action or non-action that you take is trickling down to your children. So if you decide to put others before yourself, they're witnessing that as the other, that's the way they're going to treat another woman, or maybe that's the way they're going to treat themselves, or maybe they're going to treat other people. But if you put yourself in that place of like, well, I come first and that doesn't mean you're being malicious. It just means I value who I am as an individual. I value my future. They're going to see the same exact thing. And I even see that I don't have children right now, but I see that in my family and my, my, you know, my partner, all these people who were originally 
questioning what I was doing and saying, you're crazy. Why would you quit your beautiful job and your apartment and all this stuff? And now they're like, oh my God, teach me how to do it. Or like, oh my God, I did the thing you told me to do. And now everyone wins because I, you bring everyone up with you, right? Yeah. So if you mm-hmm. tell them, oh, I want you to quit your job, but then you don't, you know, that's not going to be any action. But if you do the scary thing first, they will follow suit. And then you almost have people in your corner by like crafting them as they've been watching you, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just think about like how much better off your kids are going to be knowing like what you're going to be able to teach them now versus, you know, a couple of years ago, what you would have been able to teach them. I mean, it's, it's like huge difference. And so they're going to be, you know, ahead of the game. Like if my kids are learning at teenager level, what I've learned in my late thirties, they're learning it now, like their life in their late thirties is going to be incredible. So especially as a bookkeeper, right? You like are doing, you're in the finance game, which is like money is probably the scariest thing for most people. They don't want to look at it. Bookkeeping is like terrifying. So if you can manage that, that means they're set up for life to understand and not be afraid of money. And when you're not afraid of money, you attract more and it's just a more pleasant experience Mm -hmm. overall. Yeah, absolutely. And if you understand bookkeeping, you can understand how to operate any business, which is great. Bookkeeping and marketing are like the best skills to have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, let's see, there was one question I was going to ask you based off of what you said a second ago, I kind of lost it. Um, it was really important. Do you remember what you, what you asked me a few minutes ago or what you said? A few, oh, I know what it is. Okay. Um, so I've had a lot of people lately in my programs and just in my circle talking about how they're spouses or their sisters or moms or whatever, aren't being supportive of their business. Like you had just mentioned about, you know, they all think you're crazy when you do something, but then when you show them it's successful, they all want to learn more from you or be a part of it, or you inspire them somehow. So how can, what do you think um, you could say to our audience watching that um, is struggling with that right now, where they feel like their, their family or their friends are judging them and not trusting their decisions? Yeah, it will. I would found in my entire journey of just like, even the beginning when I didn't have any clout, right. I didn't have anything to show. And even now is that people are always going to, you know, there's going to be adversity in every step of the way, whether it's in the way of them, they're doing it because they love you and they, they're trying to protect you or they're doing it in the way of jealousy. And they're actually really upset with you because you're doing something that they wish they are wishing that they could do, right. Everyone wants to quit their job. It's like the sexy thing to do. And if you're doing it right, you're putting yourself on the line to build a business. Everyone wants to do that, but only if you do that. So you're actually putting a target on your back, but know that, you know, that's actually normal. It means that you're doing something right. When people go come at you, that means that you're on the right path because others are like, they want the same thing. Now they're not going to say that. So the way to combat that is to just create a tight knit community. So whether, yes, it's purchasing a mastermind, getting in a Facebook group, you know, a Slack channel, or even just through social media, like a lot of my initial friends and people that I'm still, you know, close with now who've become really close confidants from a business perspective, I met straight up through the DMs on Instagram or through TikTok or Facebook Messenger or LinkedIn or something like that. And it's just checking in every so often, treating it like it would a normal relationship in real life, but through the screen, meeting through Zooms, like doing all these things like coffee chats and building that tight-knit community so that when someone in the outside world knocks you down, you have your inner circle to bring you back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. That's perfect. Absolutely love it. This has been so great. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about your business and where uh, our audience can connect with you? 
Yeah, of course. So Corporate Quitter, uh, we have a lot of things going on. It's a pretty fleshed out business at this point. Um, you can visit us at corporatequitter.com. You can listen to our podcast, Corporate Quitter. Um, we also do a ton of different things. Like we have digital products. So if any of you are looking to quit your job and you're looking to do an online business, not specifically a bookkeeping, but more in the way like personal branding, um, we do have our, what we're calling our Quitter Starter Pack or Quit Kit to kind of get you started in that regard of figuring out what is it that I actually do. And then of course, we have a ton of other things that are coming down the pipeline as well. Um, more of like do it for you services or helping people with like content and stuff like that. So we're really starting to explode and take on a life of its own, but yeah, awesome. corporate Twitter is all about teaching that. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. It's awesome. I love it. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day and sharing your experiences and helping inspire other moms and other women to jump into the world of entrepreneurship. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again.